welcome. Good to have. What a wild weekend in the NFL. Holy mackerel. What a weekend. I mean, it was a tremendous weekend to sit back, relax, and not do much of anything. And I was really, honestly, I was I'm, I was glad the Packers played on Monday night because uh, I might have missed some of the excitement that was. Uh, obviously, that game in Minnesota was amazing. There is no way, no way you can allow Jeff Saturday to be the head coach of the Colts after that mess that mess that they had. Now they're four nine and one. He's won one game, and they have now lost the largest lead in NFL history. There's no way you can bring Jeff Saturday back. None. No way. Uh, obviously, you had an interesting one with the Browns getting a win on Saturday as well, knocking off the Ravens. Ravens without Lamar Jackson, completely different team. The Bills eking out a victory over the Dolphins in the snow uh, on Saturday night, which was fantastic. I love watching uh, some snow flurry games. Uh, the Steelers, Steelers made believers out of us. There you go. Steelers get a win. They knocked off the Panthers. We knew the Eagles would beat the Bears. I didn't expect it to be a 25-20 score, but uh, they struggled. But you know what? Good teams overcome. That's exactly what they did. The Chiefs did the same thing with the Texans. Uh, and then we caught it. The Jaguars knocking off the Cowboys 40-34. Uh, Dak Prescott pick six. Now, that pick wasn't his fault. The one prior was. But that one wasn't. But nevertheless, it bounces into the arms of the Jaguars. Next thing you know, they're off and running, and the game is over. And the Saints hang on. They knock off the Falcons. How about them Lions? Break them up. Now at 500. We figured, we said at the beginning of the season, I thought they'd be right around six to eight wins. They're now at seven and seven. Seven and seven with three to go. Seven and seven with three to go. We'll see what happens there. Uh, the Broncos, they eked out a win over the Cardinals. The Cardinals, how bad are they? They just flat-out stink. Both of those teams, 4-10 and 10 on the season. How the Raiders won that game and how dumb was a Bill Belichick coach team when all they had to do was go down, live to fight another day, go to overtime, try to win it there, and instead the... Uh, it, it brought back the remnants of, my God, the band is on the field. The band is on the field. And they're doing the trickery. And next thing you know, it's picked off and it goes the other way and the game's over and the Raiders win. It was just what a wild game. Tennessee gets knocked off by the Chargers. They looked good, but they didn't play well enough. Cincinnati beats the Buccaneers. Cincinnati looked terrible in the first half of that game, only putting up three points. And then coming back with 31 unanswered. Well, I take that back. There was a touchdown at the end of the game, so it was answered. But 31 points in the second half to knock off the Buccaneers. And then last night, oh, my God, what a travesty of officiating. In that, The commanders should have won that game, and they didn't, or at least tied it. And they didn't. And uh, it was it was due in part to officiating that literally took a touchdown off the board. It was disgusting. And the NFL officials don't tweet anything out. They don't explain anything. They don't give uh, the reason why they did what they did. They just walk away from it, like always. So the commander's on the losing end. And give credit to the Giants going into Washington. They got the win. But now that means that the, the, the commander's. Both, I mean, you, you figure when you look at the Giants' schedule and the Commanders' schedule between the two, you you got to get you got to get three losses with one of those two teams. We all know that. So you look at the Giants the rest of the way, and I really thought that the Giants would be the team to falter. And now they've got uh, the Vikings, which they could very well lose to the Vikings. The Colts, doubt it, but maybe. 
and then the Eagles. They'll lose to the Eagles. So they could lose two of the next three, but not three of the next four, which is what you, what you wanted them to do. While Washington, they now have to lose two of their next three for the Packers to win and get in, that which they could lose to the 49ers. The Browns, eh, they won't lose to the Browns, and they could lose to the Cowboys, depending on what the Cowboys are doing uh, at the end of the season here when it comes to uh, seating and standing. So anyway... Just a lot of lot of stuff going on, man. What a what an incredible football weekend. And then uh, the Badgers. How about them Badgers, Ben Kenny? Picking up a quarterback, and it's like the portal world is being kind to them. There's now running back saying, "Whoa, wait a minute! I'm, no, 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 no! I'm coming to coming to uh, Wisconsin to hang out with uh, Luke Fickle now that he's uh, the head man." Are you grinning ear to ear today? I I'm actually fired up on this Monday, Bill. Believe it or not, it was a great weekend, and yeah, the. All the news coming out of Wisconsin is good, and that's all we can ask for, given right. it's mid-December. It, uh, it was a nice weekend. They picked up a quarterback, uh, running backs, reconsidering Wisconsin now, wanting to head over there because of Luke Fickle and what he they believe he can do with the program, that it is a, quote, sleeping giant of a program, which is nice to hear. So uh, that going on. So we got a lot of good stuff today. A lot of good stuff coming up today. We're going to talk some Packers and Rams, obviously. Mike Clemens is going to join us in the final hour. Going to talk with him. We're going to talk some betting today, uh, which we always do on a Monday and on a Friday. We've got some betting coming up here in a little bit. Uh, let's see here. What else do we have? Um, like I said, we'll mention, uh, we'll talk a little Badgers, Bucks over the weekend, uh, get some wins. So not a bad weekend all in all. I, I think it was, uh, was, a, was a nice way to go. Bucks coming up tonight, taking on the Pelicans. By the way, um, speaking of the Pelicans, and I, because I never, I never thought Zion Williamson would be this. Just never thought it. Uh, he's now hitting shots from the outside. He is basically the Pelicans team. You know, sitting with 18 wins on the season, they're having a hell of a year. Never, never thought that he would amount to this. Never thought he would. But uh, I will, I will gladly eat my words. Uh, now, whether or not he can keep it up, we'll wait and see. Uh, but the Bucks uh, on the road, taking on the Pelicans, coming up tonight. They beat the hell out of the Jazz on Saturday night. They were up. Ben, I, weren't they up by like 50 at one point in that game, if I remember correctly? I was. I have to admit, I was smoking a cigar and kind of watching it out of the corner of my eye. We were down at Nice Ash. We went to dinner down at a place called the Union House in Genesee Depot, which is fantastic. Went to uh, went to the Union I'd never been there before. And went to the Union House. Everybody else eats steak. I'm not a big steak fan. So I uh, did the sea scallops, and oh, my God, the whole meal was fantastic. But afterwards, we uh, we went and had a, a beer down at Nice Ash before heading home, and I was catching the uh, mid-portion of the Bucks game. But correct me if I'm wrong, the Bucks were up by like 50 at one point, right? I don't know. It it did come off the heels of getting blown out by 40. Yeah. It's a weird weird yeah. sport. Right. Yeah, they, uh, they got destroyed. What was it on? Thursday night, I think on they Thursday. did. They got, they got, yeah. yeah, Thursday they got beat by the Grizzlies. Uh, but on Saturday night, man, they just destroyed Utah. Holy moly. So a uh, big night for Bobby Portis dropping 22 and such. So I was watching that too. But the Bucks continue to roll 21-8 and eight on the season. The Bucks are right now. And uh, when you look at the NBA standings, the Bucks now have taken over via one less loss. Boston's 22 wins, but they're 22 and 9. The Bucks are 21 and 8 on the season. So if the Bucks get the win tonight, they're going to be 22 and 8, and they will still hold on to the top spot. But the top spot in the Eastern Conference, uh, as far as wins go, Boston has the most wins in the NBA. 
the Memphis Grizzlies with John Morant and company. Uh, they over in the West, 19 and 10, followed by tonight's opponent, the New Orleans Pelicans, uh, who are 18 and 11, Denver 18 and 11. And as it goes down from there, I love the fact that the Lakers are sitting there at 13 and 16. Golden State, uh, without Steph, they're going to struggle a little bit and they haven't been able to win on the road. As a matter of fact, they're 3 and 14 on the road this season. 3 and 14 for the Golden State Warriors. But Golden State without uh, Steph right now, 15 and 16. And if the, the, you know, again, it's very early, but if the playoffs were today, they'd be out. They wouldn't be able to come back to defend their, uh, their championship. So. Anyway, by the way, the Bucks, uh, what is it, third or fourth best when it comes to point differential? Right now, Boston, the, the best, uh, with a point differential of six. Uh, Cleveland, if Cleveland at 5.9, you got 5.3 with the Pelicans, uh, and then you got the Bucks sitting at 4.2. There's a couple other teams around them, but uh, Bucks playing some good basketball and better defensive basketball this year, too. So that's kind of that's it. That's kind of the rundown of the weekend. What a weekend it was. Now... I got to admit, I was rooting for uh, Washington. I think Washington had the better road to go when it came to. Um, uh, I thought Washington had the better road when it came to chance of loss uh, against other teams, against other opponents. I felt more confident that Washington would go down than I did New York, but now New York facing. You know, two of their next three, uh, they very likely could lose. It could still happen for for the uh, for the Packers if indeed the Packers can win out. Most people are thinking the Packers will get this one tonight. Then it's that uh, Christmas Day matchup down in Miami where they take on a two-win company, and uh, they have to. And and remember now, when you look at the Dolphins and what's going on with the Dolphins, the Dolphins have been playing some uh, losing football. The Dolphins now have lost three straight. They got to stop the bleeding. So the, they haven't won a game since they beat the Texans a while back. They beat the Texans 30 15. They had that win streak for a while where they won five straight. Remember, they started off the season three straight wins and they had three straight losses because Cincinnati went down there and beat them and that started the losing. They lost to the Vikings 24 16. And then they beat the Steelers, the Lions, the Bears, the Browns, the Texans. So they're not beating high end quality stomp your ass teams, right? So then they get the 49ers, they get drilled, they get the Chargers, they get beat, they get the Buffalo Bills this past weekend, and uh, they couldn't hang on to win that contest. Now they got the Packers on Christmas Day, then the Patriots and the Jets. But are they a good team? You know, because really the only two teams of ilk that they've beaten all season long that are of quality are the Ravens and the Bills. And that was, what, week two and week three, I think, if I'm not mistaken. So they're not a great football team by any stretch. I think some of those numbers and some of their expectations and such maybe are overinflated and and overthought uh, speaking of overinflated and overthought how about them cowboys how about them cowboys cowboys take a loss as well yes and uh man oh man <laughs> cowboys just they just can't get out of their own way and can't get out of the criticism now i will say that it's not fair it's not fair and I'm going to say this, and you're going to think I'm defending Mike McCarthy, and I'm really not, but I am. And I'll tell you why. During the season when that offense was cooking, Mike McCarthy was not the play caller. He had turned it over, and everybody said, oh, since Mike gave it up and he wasn't the play caller and he wasn't the guy that was got, got his fingers and everything, and Kellen Moore was the guy. Kellen Moore is the man. He's the guy that's turned it around. And then yesterday, 
The play calling on the three straight flush outs all, uh, was horrific. They couldn't call a timeout. They or couldn't force Jacksonville into a timeout situation. They third and long instead of just you know going down with a sack and forcing that last timeout by the Jacksonville Jaguars. They decided to throw the ball deep, incomplete pass, stop the clock, and they didn't force Jacksonville to use that timeout. Just in, in all that whole play sequence, dumb. And suddenly Mike McCarthy's the idiot. It's like, wait a minute, either Kellen Moore's a genius or he was the guy that called that play. One of the two. Because you can't you can't blame McCarthy for the failures and give Kellen Moore all the credit for the offense. Dak had a bad pass deep in his own territory that ended up going errant and getting picked off. And then Kellen Moore called a bad go route, three go route. And it, on a third and what was it, eight or nine or something like that. And it was awful. You're sitting there watching that game, you're like, what the hell? And, you know, instead of forcing uh, Jacksonville, had Jacksonville been forced to use that timeout, chances are they don't win the game. Or chances are they don't tie the game. And then, obviously, the rest is history. But, boy, the Cowboys go down in defeat, too. (laughs) Made me smile. Made me smile a lot. So that's the way yesterday kind of wrapped up. 877-867-1670. This one uh, says, uh, hey, Bill, not the 92-3 here in Marshfield today. Uh, I have no idea. I have no idea. I don't. Ninety-two-three in Marshfield. I my assumption is we are. I don't know. You'd have to have to call in find out. I we didn't get a notification that they changed. Uh, so is that uh, still ESPN WOSQ? I would assume it is. Uh, Ricky says, uh, "Well, was a must-watch to listen to a skip clueless this morning." Oh my God! See, I that would be the only time I think I would ever really watch. Skip Bayless. Uh, And you know what? I I don't mind basking in his misery, but it was like to the opposite end. I'm watching Good Morning Football, and Good Morning Football is more analytical than anything, right? So I'm watching that, and then I flipped over, and then there's Stephen A. And I like Stephen A. I think he makes me think, right? But the pomposity that has become Stephen A's shtick is unbearable. And the relishing of the cowboy, every cowboy's loss has become unbearable. It's just, it's, it's not even listenable anymore. I'd rather just listen to the analytics and listen to the breakdown and, and, and a differing amount of opinions than somebody standing at the pulpit preaching to me about what I need to believe rather than what actually happened. And I just, I, I can't, uh, I, I can't just do it. I am, it's, ugh. So. That's it. Uh, 877-867-1670. Hit us up. Again, 877-867-1670. Apparently, uh, Ben's telling me, yes, we are on in Marshfield. Uh, They take the three hours of the program, 11 to 2, then 5 to 6, I guess. I have no idea. There you go. There you go. Uh, And by the way, there is an article out. That was written in The Athletic, and uh, this is the one about uh, signals, meetings, Aaron Rodgers, uh, little death stare, what's it like for Packers rookie receivers. And uh, The Athletic put it out. The writer, the author of that story, uh, which is Kaylin Kaler uh, of The Athletic, she's going to join us today coming up in a couple hours. And we're going to talk with her about the, the, the research and the comments and such regarding receivers that have had to go through the the rookie season, if you will, with Aaron Rodgers, and how tough it is, and uh, the and then what I want to do after that is kind of draw some opinion. If it's that tough, 
if it's that difficult to understand, then, I, you know, I hate to go back to it, but there's no reason if you got to do all of this and there's these level of expectations out of Aaron Rodgers, then he's got to be there. He can't just walk in and say somebody else is going to coach him up. He's got to be there. And and this this will maybe kind of shed a little more light on that as well. So we're going to get into that discussion too. Uh, and then yesterday, yeah, real quick, yesterday. And, and, and Ben, I, I, you probably have never done this. But yesterday, um, I'm, I'm out cruising around, and I, we didn't do much yesterday. We went out, uh, got some food in the morning, and then came back. Yesterday afternoon uh, in the evening, kids, now they didn't come to my door because it's kind of like a different s- section of the neighborhood, but, you know, it, it's, it's hard to explain. But down the street, there were carolers going door to door. And it just brought back a memory. Ben, did you ever, did you ever go Christmas caroling? I've never caroled. I've seen the You've never done that? No. Yeah. Um, it was, uh, as a kid, my mom used to, to have us do it. It was like five or six years in a row. And where, as a kid, we would always grab, it was the old Folgers coffee can. We would wrap it in, in Christmas wrapping paper. Um, you know, obviously it was empty. Wrap it in Christmas wrapping paper and put like a sign on it of some type. One year we, we did for Children's Hospital. Next year we did for our church. Uh, there was one year there was a, a kid, uh, his family in our parish, their house had burned down. We did it for them. But we would always go caroling for charity. And we take a book with us. And it was just a book of, uh, of the words of songs. And we'd always have, there was one person uh, down the street. And I, God, I think her name was Mrs. Klein. But she was a music teacher. So she would start out singing and we would all just kind of follow her. And But there was like seven or eight of us that would go caroling in the neighborhood and we would raise money. You don't get that anymore. I You just don't see that anymore. That's the, you know, and everybody would run in and, hey, grab, you know, you'd hear somebody's mom say, grab my purse, and they'd stick a five in there or a couple of bucks in there or whatever. And by the end of the night, we would have a hundred bucks. It, you know, but back in the 70s, that was a, that was quite a bit of money. You know, I hate to say it that way because it makes me sound like I'm a hundred years old. But in the late 70s, early 80s, that's the, the sixth, fifth grade, sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade, you know, whatever. That was quite a bit of money. So that's what we used to do. You don't see that anymore. And it's just one of those things that dawned on me. It's like there's things you don't see anymore and things that back when you even you were a kid and I was a kid, you'd never see. You didn't ever see, you know, like houses that were programmed to lighting. You didn't see Christmas lights that were put up by companies. You know, you didn't see inflatables in the front yard. There weren't inflatables back then. Nobody that, that wasn't a that, that wasn't a concept. I mean, so much has changed uh, in 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 via Christmas, so to speak. But it's just things how some things that were just really cool have kind of gone away. And we would always go the weekend before, like the the Saturday or Sunday or even Friday night before uh, Christmas. And go out and do Christmas caroling. And I it, it just reminded me of it because there was a group that was Christmas caroling yesterday afternoon. And they had the candles and the whole thing. It was really cool. It was a really cool group. Just don't see it anymore. Just thought I'd throw it out there. Uh, eight seven <laughs> excuse me, 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Hit us up on Twitter at Bill underscore Michaels. At Bill underscore Michaels. At Ben Z. Kenny. Uh, you can find The Bill Michaels Show on Facebook. Uh, Facebook.com slash The Bill Michaels Show. Track us down over on YouTube as well. Simply Bill Michael Show on YouTube, Bill Michael Show on Twitch TV. Follow us, subscribe there, like us there, thumbs up, whatever the hell you got to do, please do it. 
And uh, you can always email the program as well, thebillmichaels at gmail.com. A reminder coming up tonight, immediately following, immediately following, the Packers and the Rams Green and Gold Postgame Show. We'll be live in Green Bay. Your comments, your reaction, Mike inside the locker room, the whole deal. Looking forward to it. Coming up tonight, immediately following the game. We'll be back after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. This portion of the program brought to you by Bud Light. They're the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michael Sports Talk Network. Speaking of being on location, we're going to be uh, doing the Green Gold postgame sh- uh, show tonight in Green Bay. And then on Wednesday, we're going to be in Menominee Falls. DJ's Goalpost is where we're going to be. Huge, huge sports bar. I mean, that's a, a big-time sports bar, uh, Menominee Falls. So hope to see you over there at DJ's Goalpost coming up on Wednesday night. Again, brought to you by our friends at Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michael Sports Talk Network. So in Green Bay tonight for the Green and Gold Postgame Show and then DJ's Goalpost on Wednesday night for uh, for the Bill Michaels Huddle. So come on out. Uh, 877-867-1670. If you want to find us, do it. This one's from uh, Jason who says, uh, the Green Bay Packers really don't stand a chance. I don't see the uh, Washington Commanders losing two out of the next three. I maybe... Uh, he said, I think maybe they lose a game at best. Or the Packers aren't going to win out. It is false hope. I hate to say it. You know what? It's not false hope. It's real hope. False hope is when you don't have, there is absolutely no shot. It's, it's you know, you're trapped in a mine and you see light at the end of a tunnel, but it's just a light. It's not really getting out of a mine, out of the tunnel, so to speak. Um, the I, I don't. I don't know what to – the Packers just need to win tonight, okay? I, I think the whole concept of winning out – and you and I can talk about it and get into that discussion a little bit, and certainly going to Miami is going to be a tough one, and then facing the Vikings. The Vikings are an impressive team in the sense that they just don't blink when it comes to being down in a football game, and there's something to be said for that. I still think the Vikings are not going to go far – in the postseason, I just don't because the good teams don't allow that to happen. And the Vikings made so many mistakes, and Kirk Cousins made so many mistakes. And by the way, did you see my tweet over the weekend, Ben, when I was watching that game? Why in the hell are you blowing that horn and getting crazy over a first down when you're down 33 to nothing? That's a good question. I, I, I just, it, it's the dumbest thing. Grant Bills brought up the thought that when they were booing the team, he wondered if yeah. that was piped in like the rest of the crowd noise. <laughs> no, I think the boos were real uh, because that was a terrible performance. That first half was awful. Off. I mean, just horrific. And again, I just, I still, I, I am beyond baffled that the Minnesota Vikings, um, how they came back and won that game. They had a block punt and then a fumble, and then they turned the ball over on downs. Then they turned the ball over on downs again. Then they had a punt, then a, then an interception, then a punt, and then the half. That was their first half. And then they had a punt, touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. Then another Kirk Cousins pick. 
Then they went touchdown, turned it over on downs, a touchdown, a punt, a punt, and a field goal, and they ended it. I, I just – how they ended up with that many possessions, it, it it's beyond belief to me how many possessions they had, specifically in the second, in, this, in the second half of that ball game. They had nine possessions – in regulation in the second half of that game. Nine. Sometimes you don't see it nine times in a game. They had nine possessions in the second half and then two of them in overtime. It's what a what an incredibly crazy game that game was. But there's no way, no way you can allow Jeff Saturday to coach that team again. No way. That that was that was horrible. He that lost a horrible. game where his last name is the day of the week the game was on. Right? That's ridiculous. <laughs> That's when you know he's not the guy. Oh, God. Just that was so bad. And Matt Ryan is just, he's now been on the losing end of the largest comeback in Super Bowl history and the largest comeback of all in NFL history. No capability to lead, no killer instinct, no ability to put your foot on a throat and then just slam the door shut. None of it. None of it. Now, you know, you got to have better play calling and guy players have to make plays and the offensive line didn't give him a lot of time and such. And But he just, just terrible. Just awful. And at least he didn't throw a pick. But the ability to throw the football, nothing. You know, there was Pittman and everybody else. That's all they had. There was there was nothing else. Nobody else had the capability to get open. So, man, what a game! What a what a just an awful awful game. Uh, eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Find us. Uh, we'll take one more quick break. Uh, kind of get back on uh, get back on track here, and then we'll come back at it. This portion of the program, though, brought to you by our good friends at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. And Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Just think about it right now, because if you want to kind of keep the jingle in your pocket, as they say, then you get a hold of our friends at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin, because uh, the weather is now cold. It's official, people. In case you didn't know, it's nippy outside. Woke up this morning, ran downstairs. Went downstairs, and I thought, okay, today I wake up, it is one degree. One degree. I'm thinking, it's going to be cold in that room. Nada. Set right at 70, staying right at 70. So if, if you've been thinking about kind of a, a great gift to unwrap and make your house more economical, more beautiful, more valuable, think about this. No money down, no payments, no interest for the next 12 months. That's more jingle that stays right in your pocket all the way through the next holiday season. Yes, at the end of 2023. Plus, they install year-round. And they can finish the installation in as little as a day. From wood to fiberglass to vinyl, they've got something for everybody's budget. And Pella has been rated number one for the highest value, highest quality, most preferred by many of you. Listen to this program. I'll tell you that right now. So make this your New Year's resolution right now. Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. No money down, no payments, no interest. 12 months, but you got to hurry because this uh, offer is going to be around till the end of the month. And you want to schedule that free Free consultation, just like I did. Free consultation. Go to PellaWI.com. That's PellaWI.com. Or call them at 855-PELLA-WI. That's 855-P-E-L-L-A. 855-PELLA-WI. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
Social House for the World Cup game this past weekend. Man, a lot of people packed into that place. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Saturday for the uh, World Cup. Saturday also for uh, NFL games. They came over early on Sunday as well for the uh, the NFL games. And man, I mean, free pancakes were flowing. That's for sure. And the home of the cheese curd burger. Look, uh, Lisbon Road, Menominee Falls. That's Social House. H A U S. Dan Dell and the staff. They're great people. But if you buy a cocktail in there on Sunday mornings, you get free pancakes. That's the best part about it. Otherwise, you go and you just get good food. They've enlarged the place. The renovation's been successful. And uh, the fact that they are the home of the original cheese curd burger. Ah, good stuff over there at Social House on Lisbon Road, Menominee Falls. Great stuff. Uh, 877-867-1670. You want to find us, please feel free. Go ahead and do so. Craig says, unit, uh, the Green Bay Packers, got to have a little faith as fans. This team just needs to take it one game at a time. Can they do it? Yes. Will they do it? We'll have to wait and see. But the likelihood of one of those teams in the NFC East losing the next couple of games is high. I'm feeling it. Good stuff. Thank you very much, Greg. Love the optimism. Love the enthusiasm. I do. Uh, Coming up after the top of the hour, we'll talk a little bit more about this article in The Athletic uh, about Aaron Rodgers. We'll get into that. Uh, coming up uh, tonight, like I had mentioned, we've got the Greenville Postgame Show immediately following the game, so make sure wherever you're at, you are listening to the program or watching the program or what have you. Uh, this was <laughs> this is from Joy, who said, I took a lot of myself in watching the Dallas Cowboys go down yesterday. Thanks for putting on a good show. Joy, I appreciate it. Uh, Art says uh, that uh, watching Skip Bayless melt down today was well worth it. Can't stand that guy, and anytime he is in misery, I am in joy. I hope he. <laughs> Never mind. I can't say that because <laughs> we just had an email from Joy. So, oh my goodness, I understand you though. I'm with you. I'm with you. Kevin says uh, we just hope that Matt Lafleur's team is ready to play. Uh, it appeared that uh, Jeff Saturday's team was ready to play, and the first half was awesome. The second half was horrible. He had no way to pull his team out of the tailspin. That is something that a good coach needs to be able to do. He is not a good coach. Maybe he will learn on the fly, but Matt LaFleur, he's past learning on the fly. He has to be productive, and his team has to come ready to play all four quarters tonight and prove to the world that, yes, they can. Yes, they can. There you go. Yes, they can. Green Bay Packers, can they get a win? Yeah, they can. They could probably do it. We'll wait and see. But uh, I think the Packers are going to win tonight. Ben, how would I do over the weekend, by the way, in the betting uh, the betting column? Two and one, both of us. Well, the Thursday okay. game was the the thing that changed it. I was the one who actually stuck to my gut and took the Jaguars. Uh, yeah? Only this show, I think, was peddling that as hard as we could. Kudos to you, yeah. I won with the Lions as well, close one against the Jets. You uh, lost with the Bills, but you had the Steelers. I had the Steelers getting a win. I lost with the Bills because I thought the Bills would just – I knew the Bills would win. I just figured the Bills would win by more. I didn't th- – kudos to Miami for coming in and playing them so tough. Oh, and no one's leading national shows talking about the snowballs, Bill. Because if it happens in Buffalo, it's totally yeah, fine. If it happens in Philly, it's 55 right. years of just always mentioned. Yeah, the um, – the – the bad behavior by the fan. Now, though, here's the one thing. You 
you got to be able to clear your I, – I get it that snow fell during the game, and, and they've had a, a tremendous amount of snow. So the, I don't know if you saw the video where, like, rows weren't even – you couldn't even get into rows because the snow was piled so high, yeah. right? Okay. Um, I, I just – you got to clear the stadium. Uh, that's that's the that, that's first and foremost, and that's not just for uh, for fan safety; it's for player safety, as we saw. To, for for the fans to act up the way they did is, I agree, is disgraceful. And I was looking at people. There was people that I know that live in upstate New York on Facebook that were saying, "Oh, this is great." I'm like, I, and I was I was texting a few people. I'm like, "No, it's not great. It's embarrassing." It, it's but you're right. It's the Buffalo Bills Mafia. It's what they do. Oh, look at they're having fun. But if that, you're right, if that was Philadelphia, it would be the rowdy Philadelphia fans, the fans that they probably had batteries in the snowballs. I mean, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> I agree with you. It was it was a disgraceful display. And the fact that they had to shut it down to get people to stop and start pointing people out is embarrassing. It's I, what do you say? You know, I mean, it, and you're right. Nobody has talked about it this morning. N- nobody. I 100% agree with you. Now, because when you said that, I'm like, boy, you're right. Nobody said it on Get Up. Nobody said it on uh, ESPN Sports Center. Nobody said it on Good Morning Football. Nobody said it on Bleacher. Nobody said it on Barstool. Nobody talked about it because I listened all. I I listen or watch all four of those in the morning usually. Nobody said it. Not a word. Not a word. About that. It was just one of those, ah, big deal. Oh, that's the Bills Mafia being cool. And it wasn't cool. It was, it, you're right. You're 100% correct. If you're a, if you are a, a Philadelphia Eagles fan, you kind of take offense to that because had it been your fan base, you'd have been just chastised for it. 100% true. It doesn't really bother true. me. I just find it. I, I found it interesting, the reaction, especially right. on Twitter, right? Because they posted the picture of the big screen saying that they'll give penalties for the Bills if they keep throwing snowballs. Everyone was right. kind of celebrating it. Right. It was just yep. no, I, some irony I, there. I would, I, would, I would agree with you. I, 100%. I will defend your honor, Ben. No problem. Hey, uh, speaking of uh, good stuff, our friends at JNL Tire out in uh, Johnson Creek, right there above 94, you can see the Goodyear sign from above the highway. Uh, you can find them there, also in Watertown, but they do great work. And whether you're an over-the-road driver, whether you're uh, somebody like a soccer mom, uh, big rig, whatever it happens to be, anything in between, they have something for everybody. They can take care of all the different needs that you have, automotively, truck repairs and such, brakes, you name it, uh, oil changes, windshield wipers, tires, major engine work, whatever your need, they can do it. Don't forget about our friends at J&L Tire, jnltire.com. That's jnltire.com. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, in Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. It's the Rams and the Packers. Tonight at 7.15 here at Lambeau Field, Aaron Jones is in his sixth season with the Packers. So far, he has four touchdown receptions this season, but only two rushing TDs. Is the cold weather an advantage for running backs? It is. uh, December football in Lambeau There's nothing like it. Cold. And uh, I feel like guys think about it when they're coming down to tackle. 
it hurts them too to tackle and, and hit that ground. So they think about it a little bit more. Just to, I know, that's all I need is a second of you thinking, and I'll, I'm out of there. The Rams come into the game with several key players out with injuries. Head coach Sean McVay. From a game status, Brian Allen will be questionable. Marquise Copeland will be out. Aaron Donald will be out. Traven Howard will be out. David Long will be out. And John Wofford will be out. Rams defensive back Jalen Ramsey says it's hard to replace guys like Aaron Donald dealing with an ankle injury, or quarterback Matthew Stafford, and wide receiver Cooper Cup. Some of what you just can't feel, right? And that's just the reality of it. Like, can't nobody be AD, can't nobody be Stafford, can't nobody be Cooper Cup around here. And we ain't even asking for that. I'm staying strong for them and I'm pushing through it and I'm working hard and I'm doing all the things that I just named so that they can see me doing that by example and when I, I'm with all of them. So I'm going through the same things that they're going through. The Packers' Christian Watson has caught eight touchdowns the past four games. How does the rookie receiver plan to deal with a trash talker like Jalen Ramsey while catching passes in the cold? Um, I mean, I, my number one objective is to get warm and stay warm. Uh, you know, I think once you get moving around, it's not bad, but just try not to think about it as much as you can. Just play ball. And obviously, you know, I know he's going talk a lot. I know he's going to be, you know, pretty chippy, but um, you know, I'm just going to do me. That's Packers wide receiver Christian Watson. In Green Bay, I'm Mike Clemens on the Bill Michaels Show. Our friends at Cunis RV, go to Cunis, K-U-N-E-S, CunisRV.com. You're bringing this portion of the program, and uh, they are the fastest-growing RV dealer throughout the state of Wisconsin. Again, that's Cunis RV. Go to K-U-N-E-S, CunisRV.com. That is CunisRV.com. Bring him in now, our guy, Matt Mitchell of the Action Network. Old boy Uncle Mitch over there on Twitter. Matt, how you doing? Bill, I'm having a holly jolly good time. We got the Myrtle Beach Bowl this afternoon. It's the most wonderful time of the year for gamblers. <laughs> uh, you got a good bet, bull bet this week, so to speak? Oh, goodness gracious. Almost too many to count, but one would probably be uh, Air Force and Baylor under expecting absolutely dreadful weather in that game. And we have a triple option team, well-prepared service academy in a bowl game. Under is always, uh, if not a fun bet, at least a profitable one. Okay, there you go. So pay attention to that one. Uh, the game tonight is the one we're all paying attention to, obviously. And uh, that being said, you've got uh, the, the the Packers who are favored to win and a lot of injuries on the Rams side of things. How do you see this one shaking out? So we've got Green Bay off a bye, obviously. They opened the season minus 450 to make the playoffs. They're now 7-1. to one. But last three seasons... Uh, Rodgers has dominated in night games, 12-4 and four straight up and against the spread in 25 night games as a six-point favorite or higher. You know, these, these opportunities where he's favored to win the game, he's won 22 times and covered 17 times in those 25 games. He hasn't lost at home in Monday Night Football in almost 10 years. So certainly overwhelming favoritism toward the Packers winning this one outright. Baker Mayfield has lost his last three on Monday Night Football. He's gone 16 consecutive games since the last time he covered back-to-back times. He obviously had that that miracle cover last time out for the Rams. Sean McVay, coach of the Rams, very good in primetime himself, 17-11 against the spread. But, you know, even so many indicators are pointing to the Rams not taking this terribly seriously. Speaking of odds, 
uh, as late as week seven, they were still 20 to one to win the Super Bowl. They are now you know, almost off the board, 750 to one. They have virtually no shot whatsoever. Kind of a lost season for them following the Super Bowl win. It is not going to be pretty. It's not going to be a game most outside of the state of Wisconsin are excited about. But I think if you bet, I think you could do worse than taking the Packers against the spread tonight in a game now. They're overwhelmingly likely to win outright. Here's the thought, because now with the loss of the Washington Commanders, uh, the likelihood, the Packers need to win out, and I don't know what the, the, the bet is on that, if there is one. But then the Commanders have to lose, uh, you know, a couple more. and Or you've got to have the Giants lose the next three and Seattle lose one more. Do You you don't have the odds of the Green Bay Packers actually making the postseason right now, do you? Yeah, that's 7-1. to one. They're, Currently, they're 7-1 to one to make the playoffs in any. Wow. Okay, 7-1, which, yeah, which is not terrible. No, not to you think. It, it feels more like 25-1. to one. But there is certainly a path for them to make it, especially when you have the probably the best quarterback of the teams in the mix. Right. Yeah, that's not a bad path to actually get there all in all when you look at it. Uh, so you, you did a little bit uh, in the college football scoreboard. Give me the college football final four as we start. We'll talk more about this as we get into that direction. But now we're going to start talking about getting into the final four, Ohio State and Georgia and uh, TCU and Michigan. Let's talk about those teams going into uh, the final four in the championship. So we have, you know, an overwhelming amount of support for Michigan facing up against TCU. Uh, Michigan, a seven and a half point favorite for that college football playoff semifinal game. I, I personally, I love Michigan in this one. I, I think TCU has an almost unbelievable performance uh, coming from behind and in in one score games. They won a, a miraculous number of games in by one score for a team that finished almost undefeated. Um, I think they uh, they enjoyed a lovely season. They got as far as they needed to go. Uh, congratulations to them. They, they certainly made me plenty of money. But I think Michigan's of an entirely different class altogether with uh, superior personnel on both sides of the ball. Um, I, I know lots of people have their hangups with the way Jim Harbaugh operates his team, but I think 7.5 is a discount uh, for a team that I, I think will, will hold TCU down. And TCU's defense is dreadful, so I, I never mind in a big spot like this, betting against the team that has trouble tackling. And then later that day, we've got Georgia, we've got Ohio State. That line is at Georgia minus six and a half. That is pretty much where all of our experts make it. I think it's it's more of a toss-up than I think a lot of people indicate. There's a lot of talent on the Ohio State side of the ball. I don't love betting on Kirby Smart um, as a coach. I don't think he's uh, I don't think he's the kind of reliable, he will cover every number kind of coach that Nick Saban is um, when he has you know teams behind him. Mm-hmm. So that's more of a toss-up to me. I think over is probably a better play at 62 and a half. I, I see a lot of points in that game. Hey, real quick, I got a Thursday night contest. Now we've got the Red Hot Jaguars taking on the Jets. Jets faltered to the Lions. Jets are at 500. Jaguars are trying to push their way into some type of a, a playoff race, and Trevor Lawrence has been fantastic. Real quick, uh, the Jets are favored by a point, and that's it. Yeah, I, uh, the, the Jaguars still have an outside chance to win their lousy AFC South division. They're the hotter hand. For me, I don't think we, we spend a lot of time making stuff complicated. I don't think it has to be any more complicated than if Zach Wilson starting, you can't bet the Jets. He's a there loser, and what and losers lose. So I would take the Jags if Zach Wilson takes the field. Matt, we'll talk again on Friday. Good stuff, buddy. Okay. Good luck, everybody.
Appreciate it. There you go. That's our buddy Matt Mitchell of the Action Network. Get a hold of him over on Twitter at Old Boy Uncle Mitch. He's brought to you by Pottawatomie Hotel Casino, PaysBig.com. They've got events. They've got headliners. Free uh, entertainment coming up on New Year's Eve. Stop down to Pottawatomie Hotel Casino. We got more coming up right after this. The Bill Michaels Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.